Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Work Life Brilliance podcast. I am so excited because my guest today is James Miller, and he is the executive producer and host of the nationally broadcasted and syndicated radio show, James Miller Lifeology. James is a licensed psychotherapist and a piano composer who has been in the mental health field for over 20 years. And after 14 years in private practice, James left his successful practice in the Washington, D.C. area, and he created James Miller Lifeology, where he has been globally helping people simplify and transform their spirit, mind, and body. James, welcome! Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show today. I'm truly honored. Oh, well, we are so honored and delighted to have you. And it was tough for us to come up with a topic because we could talk about so many things. I know, right? Well, you were a fantastic guest on my show as well, so your <laughs> listeners definitely need to hear. But yeah, we, we really had to be mindful of the time because, like I said, <laughs> so much in common and we could just talk for hours. <laughs> yes. So we've already said we're going to fit two hours into 20 minutes. So yes. that's, that's going to be our challenge. Yes. We'll um, see if we can do it. <laughs> but I can always bring you back. <laughs> oh, there so, we go. Yeah. Last time we talked about a topic that people think they know a lot about, but then they uh, realize, oh my gosh, I yeah. don't. And today I think is going to be the same thing. We're talking about this word and topic that many people have heard of, multitasking, and think they know what it is, yeah. uh, but it's such a profoundly important aspect of mm -hmm. our reality, and um, it's also misunderstood. So let's just start by you helping us understand what are we really talking about? Sure. Multitasking. You know, when it comes to multitasking, I mean, we've all said this, oh, I can multitask this, or I can do that. And more than likely, it's true when it comes to you can walk and talk, or you can drive and talk to someone. Even though I don't necessarily recommend that. But you're able to do a lot of things when it comes to um, putting, putting actions and behaviors together. Now, when it comes to true multitasking, what they're really talking about is how efficient you are at the tasks that you do. There was a research study that was done, which really captured or quantified how many people can truly multitask. And I know this is going to be a surprise to a lot of your listeners because the, what they found was less than 2% of people can truly multitask. And the way they measured that was this. They measured a person doing a task, how long it took them, and how efficient they were. Then they had them, they recorded the same thing with a different task. And then they had them do both of those tasks together. And they found that the amount of time it took for someone to do a task, as well as how efficient they were, was pretty, was, the number was substantially low. Many people could not do it. So that's why it's important when you say, oh, I can multitask. Yes, you probably can do some of these things, but when you take a step back and say, well, how efficient was I? Because there's nothing worse than trying to multitask multiple things in your day. And, the re and at the end of the day, you're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. Why am I so tired? And a lot of it has to do is because your brain is trying to split between two different things and it's mentally draining you and not only that but just your ability you can have cognitive fog you can have multiple types of things so for your listeners today i would have them really be aware of how exhausted are they afterwards or even how efficient do they feel they were when they do a task because if less than two percent of people can do it and for a while there i thought i was one of those less than two percent of people <laughs> but i'm not 
<laughs> so with that awareness, I've really been able to slow down my own schedule and say, all right, James, just focus specifically on this task and only focus on this task. And what, what I have myself do and other people do is then I create what is the job description of myself when it comes to this particular role. So we can definitely talk more about that, but it is important to be aware if less than 2% of people can do that, more than likely the listeners today may not be in that 2% category. So when you talk about the 2% of people who can do it, what actually are they doing? Because I've heard of task switching, mm -hmm. which I guess can be self-induced or it can be distraction-induced. Yes. Um, I'm a huge task switcher, but yeah, I too. think I do it. I don't know if it fits the definition of, mul of multitasking. So if you could tell us what those people who, those rare, rare people who could do it, what is it that they could do that the rest of us can't do? Well, the whole aspect of just even being able to write at the same time to those, specifically those people who are ambidextrous, who mm -hmm. are able to write at the same time and in opposite directions and to be able to com compartmentalize their brain in a way that they can do um, opposite opposite writing, if you will, write with one hand, write with left hand. And it's allowing the ability to split your brain and um, to do those different type of cognitive tasks. When you're talking about this, uh, the task switching, that's just like a computer. A computer actually doesn't multitask. What it does is it takes microseconds. Uh, that's not the technical word for it. But what it does is it partitions so many of the actions. And so even though it looks like it's doing something at the same time, it's not because what it does is it takes um, just like our brain, it takes a, a split second of insight here and moves it over to this task and this task. And so that's when it's actually not working at the same time. So task switching is just the ability to simply shift your focus to one, shift your focus to another, and to be efficient with it. Now, most people, and that's a really good point you put up, or we talked about, most people are able to do that and they assume it's a multitasking. But mm -hmm. what it actually is, is doing two sets of opposite behaviors at the same time I and mean, that can really be anything and being able to do it at a hundred percent level. So it's kind of hard to describe it in the sense of what would those actions look like. But when, for one of the examples that they talk about is being able to write at the same time with both hands and to be able to write two different sentences. So one, my left hand could say, um, hello, how, how are you? My right hand could say, today is a rough day. And so to be able to do that, that is truly what multitasking is. Oh my gosh, that. That example helps me so much, and it makes me feel so much better because there is no way. I mean, I'm just imagining myself trying to do that and use both hands, and I can tell you, I'm not two percent. There's yeah. no way. But then I was thinking, okay, so most people aren't trying to do that, but yeah. I see people all the time who are trying to write an email and trying yes. to have a conversation at the same time. And I'm going to mm. tell you, they're pro they're probably not in the two percent. No, and not so much. They are not going, so I just had this happen with, with my daughter, with my clients, I, this is not a problem. You know, I know, sure. don't do anything else. You're talking uh -huh. to them, don't do anything else. And if they ask you to go look for something, say, okay, we're going to pause the conversation while I go yes. look for that file. Because I know, I can't, I can't <laughs> stay there. But with my daughter, she'll be talking to me while I'm typing. I'm like, you know, I'm not listening, right? Like, you know, my brain is not with you right now, right? <laughs> is that what she asks you for things as you know that she'll, she knows she'll typically say no? <laughs> she does not have a manipulative phone in my body. Oh, good for her. She she's a good actress. Um, <laughs> I, I think, so even though people might say, oh, well, I would never try and do that. What sure. James described. People are trying to multitask all, all the time. time which means that their brain is trying to do two things that their brain needs to focus on one yes. at a time because yes. 
Well, have you have you ever done it where let's say you're you are listening to someone and you are typing an email and then you snap out of it and you realize you just typed <laughs> what you would have responded to them, but not part of actually the, the body of the email. I've done that many times. I'm like, okay, James, let's just stop. <laughs> because in that, you're not going to be able to do it at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, Denise, many people don't realize that not only do they do that when it comes to actions and behaviors, but people also multitask the roles that they play. And so what I mean by that is this, if you are the CEO of a company, but your friend also works there as well. So you're not only the, the, you're a friend, but you're also the boss. If you multitask both of those roles while you're talking to that person, unfortunately, just like the inability to multitask, less than 2% of people can do that, less than 2% of people can actually keep those, uh, healthily keep those boundaries. So if I am the CEO and I'm talking to my friend as a CEO, but she's talking to me as a friend, well, unfortunately, those roles are multitasked. And that is where you'll find that many people have an emotional struggle or a conflict of some sort is because they haven't fully immersed their brain and their ability to be in whatever that specific job description is. So an, another more practical example, that would be your spouse who has kids, um, who also has to make dinner. So when we look at all the different things that are in our day, if we don't say, what is the actual job description of what I'm doing right now? And am I doing that 100%? So that's where the efficacy rate comes in, or how, in other words, how efficient are you when you define what that job role is? So right now, I am a guest on a show. So that means these are, this is how I present, this is how I speak, which may be slightly different than I speak or interact when I'm with friends. So when we can all have that awareness of what is the job description of the task or of the role I'm supposed to play right now, it allows for us to not only be cognitively be or uh, mentally be prepared, but emotionally be prepared. Uh, the way we present will be prepared. And all of that allows for us to present ourselves and to be the most successful we can be. But once again, if you put too many roles at one time together, all of a sudden you'll find that there is going to be some type of disconnect or some type of cognitive dissonance. Fancy term to basically say thinking error. Someone is going to misunderstand something and that's where a lot of conflict ensues. Oh yeah, and I'm just thinking your example, a lot of people can't relate to being a CEO, but they mm -hmm. can relate to being a peer yeah. who's promoted to manager and mm -hmm. is now leading people mm -hmm. who were for formerly friends or frenemies or yeah. whatever their status was. Um, so I think, it, and also, you know, you want to have, I did, my most recent podcast was on love in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because as you're talking, I'm realizing, you know, that was also not just a chief officer, but it was a friend of mine. So yeah. it's like, how do, I, <laughs> how do I balance this interviewing yeah. with friend and that's a difficult one. And we're talking about love. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe even a more practical one as well would be this. So say, let's say you're, you're just at work, you're just a, a typical person at work and you have a really stressful day. If you, have that mindset of I'm an employee and whatever my job role is there. But if you don't transition into the role of a spouse or the role of a parent or the role of whatever it might be at home, you've then taken the role of the employee and now superimpose that with the role of whatever it is at home. And so that's the difficulty when we don't, if we don't create transitions or mental transitions to remind ourselves, okay, what was at work is going to be at work tomorrow. But what's at home is different. And so if you don't transition into the new role successfully, unfortunately, that's where you will find when someone comes home, they bring all that, the, the negativity from work home. 
And so that's a very, very practical way to say, am I, am I, am I allowing myself to holistically and mentally be able to, to shift into the new thing that I'm supposed to do? So once again, that's a very, very practical thing, but that does bring up the next thought in my mind is the form of transitions. A transition is the stop and think that we create in our brain to say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Now this is done. Let me, we can close that, that file. Now let me move to the next thing. And so the more practice you're able to do, that mental transition can happen with a split sec, within a split second. But it is important to be able to create that because without that, then all of a sudden the role of, of, the, of the boss is now with a friend, is now with a frenemy, that's now with you know, the, whomever. You have four roles there that you, didn't, you weren't aware that you needed to create the transitions. And so now the four roles, since we can't multitask, are now all together and creates this murky emotional struggle that we don't realize is happening. And so afterwards, we're thinking, oh my gosh, I feel exhausted. Or I just got caught up in this gossip. How did that happen? Or I didn't know how to talk to this person. And it creates all this drain on our energy. And as we know, we only have so much energy per day. And so as we really reflect on our day or even prepare for our day, we really want to say, how can I be mindful of my role as the employee? So then you can actually create that. I am someone who's thoughtful. I'm respectful. Um, I am uh, productive. And you can kind of go through that. Is what does that look like for you? What's my role of a spouse? What's my role of a parent? What's my role of a friend? And the more you can kind of flesh that out, the easier it is to have that mental awareness and the mental agility to then move yourself into that new role. And you'll be able to do it in a very successful, very succinct, very cogent way where you feel like, wow, this, this was a good time. I really felt successful today. But without that ability to do that, you will find that at the end of the day, you will just simply be exhausted. Yes. Oh my gosh, there's so much to react to there, but um, the word that kept coming up for me in addition to transition, and mm -hmm. I, I love that you talked about transition, because even whether it takes you 10 seconds or whether it takes you 10 minutes in the driveway, yeah, exactly, <laughs> huh? whatever you have to do in order to transition, and, and to be present, mm -hmm. and to be mindful of the role that you're taking on, and I, yes. I just, I hope people understand that what you're talking about is not wearing masks. This is not about mm -hmm. inauthenticity about playing a role. It I is about bringing yes. forth mm -hmm. the role that we all, that is most appropriate in this moment because mm -hmm. we all have multifaceted roles that we have to play. But like you said, let's not confuse them. Yes. And let's be the best that we can be in that. So I don't want people to think we're telling you, and I know you're not, to it be was. inauthentic. No, no, no. Yeah. People will smell that from 20 paces because you didn't, <laughs> you didn't yeah. properly transition and, and go into what that looks like for you. What does being a parent look like for you and um, an employee and a leader? Um, and hopefully, hopefully you're being the best version of those that you can be, or at least you have idealized your, uh, you know, your ideal of that is the best person you can be and you're working toward it. And I really appreciate you saying that because you're, you're absolutely right that we're not talking about the inauthentic, inauthenticity. What I really like help people to, what I really like for people to do is to really think about, well, how can I streamline my day? I'm all about creating new processes. For when, well, when I used to, I was hired, consulted with many different companies to kind of just streamline their whole, their whole platform, what works, what doesn't work. And the more you can streamline your life, the more successful you'll be and you have all this additional energy and all this time for creativity. Because when you really look at that, there's so many things we do in our day that it's just wasted time or wasted energy. So the, the analogy I always use is uh, if we give ourselves 100 energy points per day 
And when we look at everything we have to do, we can kind of create that schedule and then we can kind of play around with the energy points. Okay, well today in this meeting, it's gonna be a stressful meeting. So I'll probably need maybe four or five points there, or I have this conversation with this other person, it's probably 10 points there. And when you can kind of think about how does that really play out and give these energy points, if you will, to all these different scenarios you have in the day, you'll realize, oh my goodness, I've given way too much energy in this particular moment because that goes once again, it goes back to the end of the day. If you're exhausted, you probably bankrupt <laughs> the number of energy points you have or misallocated them to something that didn't need to happen. So that's why it's so important, the more awareness you have of how much energy you put into something, which goes back into how efficient you are in the role that you're playing, allows for you not to overly invest or overly indulge so much energy, which unfortunately, then steals away from the next one. And then the next thing you have to do. And then the next thing. And then once again, when you have this really stressful meeting at the end of the day or at the end of the workday, you have nothing left. And then when you get home to your family, it's like, oh my goodness, I just don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to, to interact with anyone. And then unfortunately, the people who see you in the, in the evening aren't going to be able to really enjoy your presence because you have nothing left to give. So that's why it's so important to really be mindful of energy allocation when it comes to the roles you play. Oh, it's so true. People sometimes assume that they have infinite capacity. And, <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I will hear about people working who are not night owls. Night owls are, um, there's a lot of them, but it's only about a quarter of the population. Um, and I hear people who their optimal thinking time is in the morning. That's when they are the most efficient. And yet they're working on a PowerPoint at uh, midnight. Yeah. Because that's when they have time. Um, because of that's of how they scheduled their day, when if they would just say, and would be honest with themselves and say, I'm depleted. I'm yes. going to make errors. This is not going to be good. I'm, and then just do it in the morning during their high focus time. That, that thing that took them an hour and a half mm -hmm. is going to take them 20 minutes and yeah. um, have less errors. And um, be, so I'm, I'm thinking that people really need to remember what you said about depletion well, and making conscious choices. Yeah, well, even going back to that, if, if your role is to be to then create a PowerPoint presentation, okay, that's your role. But once, it, just like you said, it, when you look at your schedule, where are you going to plug in that part of your schedule? So if, if you're now home and you're, you typically have other things you have to do, if you've now brought in the role of the PowerPoint presenter or creator, well, if that's not the appropriate role at that time or at that place, then unfortunately you will not be efficient. So what would have taken you, like you said, a short period of time is now going to take you a longer period of time because your time is now, now not used in an, an efficient way. Now, I understand life happens and sometimes we have to do that at night. It makes perfect sense. But it goes back to how do you streamline your schedule and how do you prepare your day so therefore you can slide into these different roles in a very succinct way and slide in these activities you have to do because it creates an optimal time, an optimal energy output to be able to have a very successful day. James, I'm going to ask you a per very personal question, and that is about how many hours a night sleep do you get? I, may, I go to bed at 10 p.m. every night, uh -huh. and I wake up, I naturally wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Nice. And then I will take, and it's kind of weird, like my friends always laugh at me. I always take a nap, and I move that nap around a little bit, but it's usually around mm -hmm. 2 o'clock. I lay down, I, I do a lot of yoga, so I lay down in the dead man's pose or the Shavasana pose, which is on your back. And I lay there with my palms up and I sleep literally for 12 minutes and my body wakes up. 
and I'm completely refreshed. It's so, I know it's so, it sounds so random, like I sound like a robot, but that's mm-hmm. what happens for me. And so I feel very refreshed in that 12 minutes. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what I do. I'm so <laughs> jealous. My daughter asked me the other day, mom, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? And I said, napping. <laughs> yeah, because even when I tell people, like, I'm going to take a nap, they're like, okay, we'll I'll talk to you in a couple hours. And then I'll text them a few minutes later, like, I thought you were going to nap. Well, I did. Uh, <laughs> no, fine. I, so you have a superpower. And you and, I, I, you and um, Marshall Goldsmith, he was just saying this, like, just tell your brain it's time to sleep. I'm like, Marshall, that, doesn't, that just works for you. But, so, so I just want to end with, I'm so glad that that was the answer, because I thought, what if you said, I, I only sleep four hours a night, I was going to go, oh. Um, would, Ooh, I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> I would love for people to, to also stop multitasking sleep. Yes. Oh, good point. That's a and point. say, the, the way I'm going to be most effective tomorrow is if I sleep now. Yes. So realizing that their role is, like that, is a sleeper. Mm-hmm. And then if they wake, they remind themselves, me trying to work on this problem is not the role I have right now. I can write it. I can write down the question on a you know, post-it note beside my bed and let it be there in the morning when it is my role to be solving problems. Yeah. I really like that. I think that was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant response, a brilliant piggyback off that because that is, that is very true. I've worked with so many people who, if they do wake up, they're like, oh, I can't fall back asleep. So let me go sit in my, you know, in my living room on my couch or maybe they'll go have a snack or let me go play my guitar. And when you really think about that from a logical standpoint, it's not logical. No, nothing against these people because we all, we all do something similar to that at times. But when you really add, think about it, sleep is a foundation of our life. <laughs> when we're unconscious, that's when you know, we go to REM sleep. That's when it puts our, our thoughts in order and emotions in order. Non-REM, non-REM sleep puts our body back in order. So the importance of sleep as we go through those multiple cycles really restores your body. And so those individuals who do struggle with insomnia at times, and like I said, we all are, have all done that, but it is important to make yourself stay in bed because if not, then unfortunately the next day it's going to be worse. The other thing on that as well, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, and you kind of lay there and doze back off again, you'll find that unfortunately you've just set yourself up for self-sabotage because when your body wakes up, you need to get up. But if you lay there and take a quick nap, unfortunately your body doesn't go into a full sleep cycle. And so when you wake up, you'll be groggy for probably three to four hours of the day, which zaps your energy, which then pretty much takes your schedule and pushes it back because you're not going to be able to be as efficient as possible. So when your body wakes up, the new role is, okay, I'm awake. My role now is I am an alert person. So when you literally stand up, all of a sudden that grogginess leaves, or even if you need your coffee, whatever, but you've stood up. And so now you've physically moved yourself into the role of an awake person. And then that starts a foundation for your day. All right, James, an admission. I have been going back to sleep <laughs> because I have not had an early schedule as I, as I used to. And I, uh-huh. so, so I am going to take your advice and I'm going to try this next Good. week and see if I am less groggy. Okay, perfect. Yes, you'll have to let me know how it goes. I'm going to do it. All right, so I'm going to take James's advice. I hope you take James's advice and please send us questions or comments and I will, uh, I'm going to pass them along to James, whether he knows knows that's going to happen or not.
<laughs> and um, and James, hopefully I'll get you back um, to talk about one of the other many topics you are ex you have expertise in and experience in. Because oh, I would now love that. you also do streamlining for companies. I mean, what haven't you done? Music composing? <laughs> uh, we all have we all have skills, but thank you. Probably <laughs> certified yoga teacher too. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much Thank for joining us and um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, Denise. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Work-Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.